0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to be here at the gate. We love this house. Man, I tell you what, can, can we thank that worship team this morning? Thank you, Pastor Tiffany and the whole team for leading us in God's presence. It's, it's awesome when the Holy Spirit's in the church, right? I mean, it's actually when God shows up for the worship. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, <laughs> Pastor John, thank you so much. My wife uh, hopefully will make it in here with our new son before the end of this meeting today. I would love for you to meet him and her. Uh, But uh, Pastor John, thank you and Tiffany for inviting us for hosting, for what you're hosting in this region, for what you are bringing to this region is so vital, so needed, so important for today. And, you know, I really believe in my heart that it's time for a fresh wind of God to breathe over this whole territory, this whole city, the God, God just has Charlotte on his bullseye, and he has some amazing plans for this region and for this local church. So God bless you guys, and we look forward to what God is going to do today. I believe God's going to do awesome things today, and I believe God is a God of suddenlies. I believe God is a God of suddenlies. And I decree and declare over you today that there is a suddenly coming your way. There is a divine intervention, a divine suddenly coming to you, and not just to you, but to your family, to your household, because when God breaks you through, He doesn't want to just bring you through. He wants to bring your entire house through. He wants to bring your entire family through. I am such a big believer in you and your house will be saved, healed, delivered, restored, transformed, filled with God completely as a family. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Someone, someone came to church today. Someone, someone came to church today ready to receive what God has for you. Ready to receive what God has for your family. Now, if you have ever wondered to yourself, is God really a God of suddenlies? Can I just read a few scriptures to you quickly? Okay. Okay, let's see. Is God a God of suddenlies? Acts Let's see here, Acts one let Let's start in the book of Acts. Acts one ten. And while they were gazing intently into heaven, as he went, behold, two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood before them, or beside them. Acts 2.2. 2. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like the rushing of a violent, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Acts 7.26. Then on the next day, he suddenly appeared to some who were quarreling and fighting among themselves and urged them to be at peace among themselves. I mean, that's a good word right there. Praise God. (laughs) Acts 8.39, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly caught Philip away. Okay, let's see. What else here? Acts 10.30, and Cornelius said, this is now the fourth day since about this time. I observed the ninth hour. Of prayer in my lodging place, suddenly a man stood before me in dazzling apparel. Acts 12, 7. And suddenly names an of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the place where he was. And the angel smote Peter on the side, awakened him, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Yeah. Acts 16, 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. I like this one. So that the very foundation of the prison was shaken, and at once all the doors were opened, and everyone's shackles fell off. God is a God of the suddenly. And I love when God suddenly shows up, chains fall off, sicknesses get healed, obstacles in your life have to move out of the way, distractions have to give way. You know, one of the the things, and I was thinking about this even in worship this morning, how when we get into the presence of God, we enter into the realm of His glory, the earthly limitations have to give way to the supernatural power of God. Things within your mind, in your soul, in your heart, that get recalibrated in the presence of God. How many feel already this morning something within you has been recalibrated? God has set some things in order even within your own soul. Just as you have forgotten about yourself and gotten your eyes on God, God is able to put things in right perspective again. And sometimes some of the greatest breakthrough happens just by getting a new perspective. Come on now. Sometimes we're waiting for the mountains to move and God is saying, no, don't wait for that mountain to move for your breakthrough to happen. Don't wait for that mountain to move. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift you up higher and lift you over the mountain. See, sometimes we're waiting for the mountain to move and God's saying, no, don't wait for that mountain to move. I'm going to elevate you above the mountain so that you can go over whatever it is that's trying to stand in your way. And sometimes it's as simple as getting a new internal perspective of what you think is so immovable and so impossible. And God just says, no, I'm going to lift you a little bit higher to see things how I see it, to get your perspective according to heaven's perspective, to cause all the things that you thought were so impossible in your life to fall away as you get my eternal perspective on this situation. Oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) <laughs> so, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Joel chapter two this morning. Joel chapter two. As you're standing, as you're um, turning there, uh, me and my wife Stephanie, we've been married. For, we just crossed over the four year mark in in July of this year. So, we've been married for four years, and our son is just about four months old. Now, you know, on my Instagram and Facebook, it was always you know uh, ministry photos and since I became a dad now it's like baby pictures so you know I don't know what happens you have a baby you go baby crazy you just go totally baby crazy and I have gone baby crazy so you can just visit my Instagram or Facebook and see all the little photos of my son praise the Lord I know I'm biased I have a biased opinion but I think he's really cute <laughs> praise the Lord <laughs> oh thank you Jesus Jesus In Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2 verse 23, I want to start reading in this verse. It says, be glad then you children of Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God. Now look, we could stop right there. Be glad then and rejoice. Can I just tell you today, gladness and rejoicing is a free will decision. If you wait for everything in your life to feel right or to be perfect before you actually have joy, you're going to be waiting a really long time. You cannot wait for everything in your life to be perfect before you have internal joy. You can't wait for everyone else to get right for you to have internal joy. Come on now. If you are waiting for someone else to change so you can be happy, just stop waiting for them to change and just choose to be happy. Be glad. Come on now. Hello. Be glad then... You children of Zion, he gives you, now he's about to say why, why be glad. He gives you the former or the early rain in just measure and in righteousness and he causes to come down for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain as before. Now when I read scripture and I read prophecies in scripture or I read anything really in the Bible, I am looking to say, okay God, what principle, what truth found in this word can I apply to my life? What does this scripture reveal about the nature of God? What does it reveal about the ways of God? What does it reveal about who God is in my life? And when I read this, I find out that God is a God of the former rain and He is a God of the latter rain. Now, when Joel was prophesying to the children of Israel, he was specifically prophesying about physical rains coming down on the earth. About a former rain and a latter rain that would come down, water the ground, remove the desolation, and cause things to become new again. But when I look at this from my life, I say, okay, God, you are a former God and you are a latter God. Which means this. I thank you, God, for everything you have ever done in my life up until this second. You see, everything God has done in you, through you, and for you up until this very moment has been the God of the former. How many thank God today for your salvation? How many thank God Jesus revealed himself to you and forgave your sins? That that has been a former encounter you've had with God. How many thank God every time you've encountered his presence? Every time he has healed you in some area of your heart, some area of your mind, some area of your soul, some area of your body. We've had former encounters with God. And I thank God for every former encounter I've ever had with Him. Every time I've encountered Him in prayer. Every time I've come into church and I've worshipped Him and I've felt His presence. I thank God for every single encounter I've ever had with Him. But this scripture tells me something. God is not just a God of the former. He's also a God of the latter. Which communicates this to me. No matter what I've experienced of God up until this very second, there's still more that God has. No matter how much of his presence you've experienced, there's still more that God has for you. There's still more of his anointing, more of his power, more of his encounter, more of his joy, more of his peace, more of his healing. There's more that God has for you. And what I love about the promise of God is that it says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. So that old saying that says, I believe something good is going to happen to me. You got you to believe that because the promise of God is that the latter glory will be even greater than the former glory. Which means that there are still amazing things yet to come in your life. Still amazingly good things. And we are in a season right now where God, I believe one of the truths that the Holy Spirit is breathing back into the church is that God is a good God. That he is so good that he will chase you down with his radical love. No matter how hard you try to fight, he will chase you down and tackle you down with his love and his goodness. Oh, hallelujah. He's the latter and the former. The former and the latter. And then it talks about these rains coming down. And then in verse 24, it shows you the results of the rains coming down. It says the threshing floors will be full of grain. Now, many times when I've read this, you know, I put it in a New Testament context and I say, okay, I look at it as an outpouring of, you know, a, a, a principle of an outpouring of God's presence in my life. And then I see the threshing floor full of grain and grain speaks of harvest. So let me just say this, it's harvest time. It's harvest time, and when I say harvest time, I mean, yes, harvest of lost souls, but I also mean the harvest of every seed you have ever planted in your life, every seed of prayer you have ever prayed, every time you have stood on the Word of God, every time you have sown uh, encouragement into someone, love into someone, every time you have sown something outward, it's time for the harvest of those seeds that you have sown. Harvest, and usually I focused on the harvest part, and then I was recently rereading the scripture, and God caused me to pause. You know, it's really good sometimes just to rethink about what, you're, what you've been reading. Because you could read the same scripture and over and over again and just focus on one part of it. And then I get to this part, the threshing floor. The threshing floor. And I'm like, the threshing floor. I mean, just the word threshing doesn't sound like a very positive word. It doesn't even sound nice. I mean, threshing. Doesn't sound fun or joyful or enjoyable. The threshing floor. So I started to study the threshing floor. And I went through all the scriptures in the Bible on the threshing floor. And I found a lot of threshing floors in scripture. Some literal, some symbolic. But basically they all have this in common. I'm going to summarize it for you here this morning. The threshing floor, first of all, was a very hard place. A very hard surface. So let me ask you this question this morning. Has anyone here ever found yourself in a hard place? In a stressful place? Come on now. In a place where it was challenging, difficult, stressful, where there was some sort of struggle going on. That's the threshing floor. When we talk about the threshing floor, the threshing floor is a hard place. And sometimes you can find yourself in a threshing floor, not even because of your own actions. Sometimes you can find yourself in a threshing floor because of someone else's actions, because of someone else's behavior. Maybe maybe their unsanctified flesh is bringing pain into your life. Or maybe the words of another person have hurt your heart. Or maybe you're just in a situation outside of your control that is bringing stress into your life. And anyone here ever have, or let's just say this week. Let's take a poll. Anyone have something this week that stressed you out a little bit? Okay, praise the Lord. And then you came into church today and you had to shake it off. Come on now. (laughs) And this is what we go through in life where sometimes we find ourselves in a hard place. Yes, we love God. Yes, we serve Jesus with all of our heart. But sometimes we do, we do go through stressful, difficult situations. And sometimes it's external and sometimes it's internal. Sometimes it may even be a weakness you have with yourself that you are struggling through. Sometimes it's a situation outside of your control. Sometimes it's a place of pain, a, pla- a place of disappointment, or just a place of struggle. But I want to show you what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this. The place of pain, the threshing floor, the place of sifting. Now, look, we could talk about sifting a little bit. They would, so you can understand what happened on the threshing floor. They would put the grain, the harvest, down on the threshing floor. And back in Bible days, they didn't have machines. So they took the hooves of oxen and started trampling down on the grain. They would just trample the grain with hooves, praise the Lord. But something amazing would happen. The chaff that surrounded the grain would be separated from the grain. And basically, the useful part would be separated from the unuseful part. Now, I've learned something about the goodness of God and the power of God. Even in a painful situation... God is so good and so big and so powerful in our lives that he is even able to anoint a painful place to cause everything that does not suit the purpose of God in your life to be removed from you. Everything that does not serve for your good or for God's plan for you, God is able even through the sifting and the threshing to remove what is not useful from you so that only what is good remains. Come on now. And what's left is an abundant harvest. Now this is what the Lord showed me about the threshing floor. He said, Matt, I'm about to transform the threshing floor into the place of harvest. I'm about to take the place of pain and make it your place of power. I'm about to take the thing that was designed by the enemy to to crush you, to destroy you, and I'm about to redesign that thing that the enemy designed against you. I'm about to redesign it for your good. Because the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And yeah, the enemy forges weapons against us. He totally does. He forges weapons against people. But what I love about the word of God, it says that weapon will not succeed against you. Why? Because God is the master redesigner. Everything that the enemy designs for your hurt, for your discouragement, to try to oppress you and keep you down, God is working to redesign that strategy of the enemy to not keep you down, but to elevate you. And the very thing designed by the enemy to push you down becomes the very thing God anoints in your life to bring an elevation and a breakthrough in your life. And I'll tell you how, how God makes the enemy regret ever trying to mess with you. The place of your greatest struggle, the place of your greatest battle becomes the area of your greatest authority and power. Come on now. It becomes the area of your greatest breakthrough. I have seen some threshing floors in my life, throughout my life. I remember when I was 12 years old, my mom became really sick. And she was sick for about two years, and by the end of it, she was on 24 bottles of medicine a day, bedridden. The doctors diagnosed her with all sorts of things. They diagnosed her with a a blood disorder, with tumors, with MS, with all different things. And she kept taking medicine after medicine, and nothing worked. Nothing helped her. She kept getting worse until the point she couldn't even get out of bed anymore. And I remember as a 14-year-old kid, I was Catholic, and I remember praying to God, who I believed was in the universe somewhere, that he would help my mom be able to get out of bed. And during that time, my grandmother, who was, you know, a part of the Catholic Church near our home, she saw a flyer advertising a healing mass where the priests were praying for the sick. Praise the Lord. And my mom learned about this meeting, and she said, I have to get to that meeting because nothing is working in my life. I'm dying. And she was dying. Nothing was helping her. Nothing was working. And, you know, the day that she got up to go to that healing mass at that church, every pain and symptom in her body magnified. Magnified more than she had ever felt before. And, you know, I've come to learn that usually before your greatest breakthrough is your greatest warfare. So if you have been experiencing any opposition on any level, get really happy. Because it means your greatest breakthrough is right in front of you. And she dragged her body to that church, collapsed on the floor in the back of the sanctuary. And by the time she got herself to the altar, I mean, the priest didn't even have time to put his hand on her, to pray for her. Before he even put his hand on her to pray healing for her, the power of God came on her. God put his hand on her. God put his hand on her. And I'm telling you, this was not I don't know what you call it. This was not like a Pentecostal church meeting. There was no worship team. There was no music. There was nothing. It was a quiet mass. But the priests were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jehovah Sneaky. God will sneak in there somehow. And, and it was a very quiet service until my mom got to the front. And as my mom came to the front, she's standing there, this broken defeated, sick, dying person and the hand of God comes upon her in that moment and you know she prayed the most simple prayer you could ever pray. She looked up and she just said this, Jesus I'm coming to you. And you know sometimes when you don't know what to pray, you don't have the words to pray. You don't, you don't even know how to be eloquent before God. You don't have to be eloquent before God. You just have to be desperate for Him. You just have to call on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, He is right there for you in that second. And the God of suddenly showed up that night. And the power of God came upon my mom's body. She had never heard about this, never seen it before. No one ever told her you can encounter God like this. And the power of God hit her so strong. I'm just going to tell you what happened. She went flying 10 feet through the air. Okay, this was not by faith. I believe God is in the room. This was a real tangible encounter with the living God. And she ended up on the floor feeling volts of electricity surging through every part of her body. She thought she died and went to heaven. She's like, she doesn't know what was going on. But by the time she got off that floor, she was 100% saved, healed, and set free. All in one encounter with God. (laughs) Saved, healed, and set free. In that very moment that God himself encountered her, she knew Jesus is the only way to God. That was the first revelation she got in her heart. And that not only was Jesus our Savior, he was the healer. So now look, talk about a threshing floor. A threshing floor that was designed by the enemy for destruction, to hurt our family. Now look, what happened to Peter? Jesus went to Peter and said, hey Peter, you know the enemy desires to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. Look, Jesus is on your side. He's praying for you. He is standing with you. No matter what the enemy wants to do in your life, God is standing with you to help you come through it stronger and better on the other side. And here, after this thing was designed to destroy our family, now I'm just going to tell you what has happened since that night. Since that night of getting a revelation of who Jesus is and his healing power, we've seen thousands of people healed. Thousands of people healed. And this is what the Lord showed me about this scripture. Your place of threshing will become your place of power. Your place of weakness will become your place of strength. Your place of battle will become your place of breakthrough. And I prophesy over people here today, there is breakthrough coming to you today. There is breakthrough coming by the hand of God. Where you are weak, He is strong. Where you're not enough, He's enough. Where you feel like you can't make it anymore, God is saying, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Where you feel like, God, I can't get through this, God is saying, no, I am here with you every step of the way, and in your weakness, I'm going to give you my strength. Oh, that's a good place to say hallelujah. The threshing floor will be full of grain, full of harvest, full of life. And then it says, the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. And when you look at Old Testament prophecy in the light of New Testament revelation, you understand in the New Testament, many times Holy Spirit is defined as new wine and oil in the New Testament. We can understand, and look at this, the vats will overflow, the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Now, can I tell you what this tells me about God? It tells me something about God. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. If God was a God of just enough, the prophet Joel would have said the vats will be filled to the top with new wine and oil. But he doesn't say that. He says the vats will overflow with new wine and oil, which tells me this about the nature of God. God is not a God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough. God is not a God of just enough in your life. He is a God of more than enough for every single thing you need from him, through him, for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, for your friends. He's a God of more than enough. Come on now. Not a God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough. Which means this. God doesn't want to fill you with just enough of himself so that you can survive your life. If you've come to church today just surviving your life, stop it. Just stop surviving your life. God did not give you life for you just to survive it. Oh God, just help me get through today. Oh, God, I hate my life. Oh, God, my life stinks. Oh, God. (laughs) No, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly until it overflows. Now, I get it. I understand there are times where you feel like, God, I just need to get through today. And God understands where you are in that moment. But God does not want you to live there. He doesn't want you to live there. He doesn't want you camping out there. Okay? He's a God of more than enough. So when God fills us with himself, fills us with new wine and oil, fills us with the person of the Holy Spirit, fills us with his presence, fills us with his love, fills us with his goodness, fills us with everything that he is, he doesn't fill us just so that we can be anointed enough or empowered enough to get our own personal needs met and our own breakthrough. God wants to give you so much of himself so that there is so much extra oil. You know, there's, there's a parable that Jesus taught about having extra oil. You know, the ones who took the lamps and five did not take extra oil. Five took extra oil. The ones who didn't have extra oil, their light went out. The ones who had extra oil, their light kept burning. Come on, there's something to be said about having extra oil. God doesn't want to give you just enough of himself so you get your personal breakthrough. Or that you can just survive your life. God wants to give you so much of himself that not only do you get your breakthrough, not only are you made whole, are you healed, are you restored, are you made new, but then you have so much extra of God in you that you have something to give away to other people. Because what did, what, did, what did Peter and John say? They came to the temple gate and Peter looked at the lame man. Now, look, if Peter didn't have anything, he'd have to walk right by that lame man and say, sorry, I feel really bad for you. Hopefully one day you'll walk. That's not what he says. He looks at him. He says, what I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. And that man jumped up, totally healed and restored. Because Peter knew he had something he could give away. Look, you got to know today, you got something to give away you got the eternal power of God living on the inside of you. Not just enough for you, but enough to overflow from you to heal and set and save people around you. To bring breakthrough for others. And I really believe this today, that God so wants to fill your life that you become a walking breakthrough. That everywhere you go, breakthrough starts to happen. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God starts to go. Everywhere you go, the presence of God is released. Everywhere you go, the joy of God is released. That there's an overflow of the life of God from the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) You know, my life, my life is, my life sees a lot of airports. So years, years ago, I, I pastored as an associate pastor in a church in New York. I grew up in New York I was a New Yorker, New Yorker. But look, when you're a New Yorker, you can't talk like this everywhere you travel. So, you know, you have to refine how you talk. Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, you're a New Yorker. Yeah. So grew up in New York, was a, was a pastor there. Then uh, about 16 years ago, launched out from pastoring into full-time itinerant travel ministry, which is what I've been doing now the last 16 years. And over the, my life of travel, I've seen a lot of airports. Now, airports are a great place to either really get your flesh tested (laughs) or to let the light of Jesus shine. Let this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine in this airport, Jesus, with all these people rushing around, all these stressed out people, oh, Lord Jesus, and sometimes I am one of them. (laughs) Help my light shine, Jesus, when I'm stressed. (laughs) Oh, I have some stories I could tell you. I have some stories I could tell you. (laughs) But I'll tell you a good one today. So I'm in New York. Praise the Lord. But now I live here. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) About a year ago, look, I've had to endure New York traffic for 16 years getting to that airport every single week. Now I get to drive down the road and go to the Charlotte airport. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's so peaceful. Thank you, Jesus. Even though everyone is, like, speeding by you, it's like, you know, uh, the speed, you know, no matter what the speed limit is, you have to, like, push it by another 10, 15, 20 miles an hour, you know? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) I thought New York drivers drove fast. Then Charlotte, you know, so nice and peaceful here until you get in a car and drive. You know, it's like, (laughs) you better move. It's like, if you don't move, get out of the way. (laughs) So I'm in the New York airport, and I go up to the ticket counter to get my ticket. I'm just going to tell you what happened. I, you know, I'm focused on getting on the plane, and I go up to the ticket counter, and the lady behind the, you know, counter. I walk up and I'm just going to tell you what happens. I walk up and she goes like this. Wow. (laughs) I know. I know. That was my reaction too. She goes wow and then she goes oh and she throws her body over the counter. Oh and she's looking up at me like this with this look of shock on her face and She's looking at me, and she says, oh, you're so nice. You're so kind. You're so loving. I love you. (laughs) And I'm standing there looking at her like, I love you too. (laughs) And this lady is fumbling with the tickets and the luggage tags, and she's like, Doing all that. She gives me my ticket and I'm walking away and she's yelling out after me, I love you. And I'm yelling back, I love you too. And everyone's turning and looking and I'm like, God, what is going on? What is going on? And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, When you walked up to that counter, I walked up with you. I walked up with you. And she came under my tangible love. She was overcome by love. She was overcome by the love of the Father. And all she could say was, I love you. Because she was encountering the love of God. You know, I think about this in the ministry of Jesus. You know, what was the purpose of Jesus? Yes, he came to the earth to die for our sins. But, but he says, I, I, I do what I see my Father do. I speak what I hear my Father speak. When Jesus, think about this, when Jesus encountered the woman caught in adultery and everyone wanted to stone her and Jesus encounters her, his words, his actions, his attitude, everything from him towards this woman caught in sin reveals to her an encounter with the Heavenly Father. It was a daddy-daughter encounter through the person of Jesus. Now I'm telling you, Now, I just, you know, I just say this. Let's get so full of God. Let's get so full of his heart, so full of his presence, so full of Jesus, that everywhere we go, we shock people with God. Everywhere we go, we shock them. We shock them with love. We shock them with kindness. We shock them with peace. We shock them with the presence of God. Jehovah Shaka. Jehovah Shaka. Look, I got a lot of names for God. I know Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. You know, I'm like Jehovah Shaka. I am the Lord who shocketh thee. (laughs) I just think God loves to shock us and he loves to shock through us. He loves to shock people with goodness. He loves to shock them with love. He loves to shock them. Because what does the Bible say about goodness? It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Can I just tell you, when my mom got healed, I was 14, no one ever said to me. Now, now I'm not saying this applies across the board, that you should never tell people about sin, of course. You know, people, you know, there's methods for everything. But I'm just telling you in in that moment of encounter, when I saw my mom healed, no one told me, Matt, you are a sinner and you need to repent of your sin. But I'm going to tell you what did happen. The moment I saw the goodness of God and the reality of God, I instantly had an internal awareness of my sin. No one had to tell me I had it. I knew I had it. But the moment I knew I had it was the moment I realized I could be forgiven of it. Because I just saw the goodness of God heal my mom. And it brought this awareness of a sin nature within me that I did not have that awareness before. I had no awareness of my sin nature. Until I saw the goodness of God. Then I became internally aware by the Holy Spirit. And that week, asked Jesus to forgive my sin. And I remember feeling the cleansing power of God wash over me. And I felt new. I felt clean. I felt different. I felt different. But it was the goodness of God that led me to relationship with him. Oh, praise the Lord. So I just say, let's get so full of Jesus so full of his goodness, so full of his heart, so full of his love, so full of him. That everywhere we go, we shift the atmosphere. We change atmospheres. We bring people into an encounter with the tangible, living, real God. How many want to have that in your life? How many want to have that in your life? Where, you, where through you, the breakthrough power of God is released. Through you, people can get saved. Through you, people can get healed. Through you, people can even just simply encounter God. For who he is in all of his goodness, in all of his ways. You know, I think of this this whole threshing floor principle of threshing turning into this harvest and overflow of new wine and oil and just how God works in us. How God really does. And, and you know, sometimes we despise our places of pain. Sometimes we despise our places of struggle. Or we despise the things we've had to go through in life. And we say, God, if I, you know, if this just didn't happen in my life, my life would be great. Or if I never had to walk through that, God, you know, I really wish I just never would have had to experience that. And we go through these regrets or we go through these struggles. We go through these things. And and God is saying, no. No, because the very thing that you despise, the very thing that you thought was The bad thing about your life is actually, in my hand, becoming the very thing that is going to bring life to other people through you. The Bible says the comfort you have received from God, you can comfort others. And what God has done in you, look, some people say, well, I'm not really prophetic. Well, can I tell you you are all prophetic? You know why? Because Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Which means this, every time you testify of something God has done in you, a door opens in the spirit and an invitation is given to someone else to step into the breakthrough that God has given to you. And you are prophesying to that person through your own life, through your own testimony. And I really believe this prophecy is way more than just words that you speak. Prophecy is the life that you live. It's your life. Because what did Paul say? He said, Your life is a living epistle to be read by all men, which means the word that comes from you is not just the words out of your mouth, it's who you are. It's, the, it's who God has made you to be, becomes this living epistle to be read by other people where your healing, your transformation, even if you are still in process. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Even if you're still in process, and I probably would be accurate if I guessed and said we're all still in process. That probably would be an accurate prophetic assumption. <laughs> See, I'm so prophetic. I, I can tell. I can just discern in the Spirit, we are all still in process. But even while you're in the midst of your process... What God has done in you, He wants to release it through you. And I think about this, this threshing floor. You know, years ago, 15 years ago, I had begun my journey into the nation of India. And we had started by doing, you know, we started that outreach by doing miracle crusades and evangelistic crusades out to Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims. And so a great harvest happened and then participated in pastors' conferences. And it was during that, one of those early trips in India that my eyes were open to a global condition that is in the earth today. And we were out on the street with the team, and, and these little children came up to us. And I, and I was like, oh, look how cute these kids are. You know, and we're talking to the kids. They were little, little, little kids. And all of a sudden, that encounter turned, started to turn. And I'm like, what is going on here? As one of these children basically started to proposition. I'd never seen that before. I'd never experienced that before. And I was horrified. And I was looking through this sea of crowded people to find what adult is utilizing or using this child in trafficking. I couldn't find the adult. It was just thousands of people massed together. It was after that encounter, and I saw that. That we decided, okay, we're going to do something. We have to do something. We can't just come here to win souls. We have to do something to help these children. And we built. We bought land. We built a building from scratch. Built the first girls' home. And it houses 50 young girls rescued off of the streets from trafficking situations. <laughs> that, was, that was 15 years ago. And now, and I said, okay, God, praise the Lord, I've done my part. Praise the Lord, God, I've done something. I've helped and, you know, now I can focus on other things. And after me and Stephanie got married four years ago, I was in prayer one day. You know, there's something about prayer that will cause you to hear the heart of the Father. where maybe you didn't hear before. And I was in prayer one day, and I heard the heart of God speak to me. And he said, Matt, I want you to find my lost children. And I remember when I heard this, I, I stepped back in prayer, and I said, God, that sounds really big. And I don't know how to even go about that now. We have this one home, but how do, I, how do I do that further? And I heard nothing from God. He didn't give me an answer to my how question until I prayed through to a place of surrender. And when I came to a place of surrender and I said yes, see, I realized God wasn't looking for my how. He was looking for my yes. And when I said yes, he began to give me the how. And as God began to give us step-by-step his divine strategy, the right people started to come into the right positions. And we were able to build a team on the ground with my head coordinator there and a whole team around him. And now, as we stand here today from just four years ago, we have crossed over 250 children rescued out of trafficking. And, you know, I think of the threshing floor and sometimes our our, our first world problems... (laughs) Seems so big to us, but in the light of reality, they're small, our first world problems, and I think of one of our first girls that were rescued here in the the last few years. She was eight years old in India, and she had been kidnapped, and her kidnappers were selling her to 20 people a day at eight years old, so one day she fought back. And they broke both of her legs. And as a result, before she could get medical help, infection had set in. And then they had to amputate one of her legs. While these traffickers took her from the hospital, on the way out, they threw her in the garbage. Because now she no longer served their purpose. And she was thrown out as trash, this little girl. But can I tell you today, what the enemy says is trash, God says is a treasure. And this is true even about your life. What the enemy says is over. What the enemy says is garbage. What the enemy says is trash. God says, no, that's my treasure. That's my treasure that's about to reveal my grace to the world. And this little girl was discovered by one of our pastors in our network. And she was brought from the garbage, literally from the garbage, into our home. And she is enrolled in private education. She's excelling in all of her classes. And she's doing amazing. She's doing amazing. Speaking of children, Stephanie, come up quick. Bring my son up here. Everyone, this is my son. And my wife, Stephanie. Hi.
1: Hi, baby.
2: You want
0: you to want preach? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. So, Braden, I should tell everyone his name. Braden James. Braden James Sorger is his name. So, um, so now we were able to build this thriving base in India. Then we launched into the Philippines. We have five five homes in India, two homes in the Philippines, and now two homes in Mexico. Come this past December, we participated in building uh, the first boys' home for trafficked boys in Mexico. And from the beginning of this year, we have seen uh, seven young boys rescued out of trafficking just from the beginning of this year already. Now there's 11 on a waiting list that have been discovered to have been tra- They are being trafficked right now, uh, but the home is ready, and they are on... Um, Uh, rescue, there's rescue efforts happening right now for these that are on this list where they've been identified to be rescued. So we are praying that within the next few months, before the end of this year, all of those boys are rescued and brought into the home. And I just really believe that God wants to turn everyone's threshing floor into a place of harvest. Ours, these children... People that are yet to know God, whatever pain they've been through in their life. God wants to show them his goodness and that he is able to take the most broken things and bring something amazing out of it, something amazing out of it. And we're going to pray in just a few minutes. And I want to pray for you guys here this morning. For us, I've told Stephanie, we're not stopping until we see at least 1,500 children rescued. This is something we've committed to. And when we rescue a child with our teams they are given a place to live, food, clothing, medical care, education, everything it's a full care system all the way up until they graduate college. So this is something we have committed to until they are stable, solid, functioning people. We're not going to turn them back out onto the street. We're going to be with them all the way through till they are established. So <laughs> this is what this is what we do. And for me Traveling full time, I love the gatherings, the meetings. But for me, the most, the most fruitful, the most, uh, the most fulfilling thing I've ever done is to see these children cared for and to see them healed and restored, and God's hand come upon their lives. Out of everything I've ever done in ministry, so I know uh, Pastor John is going to come in a second. But you know, just so you understand. Um, If God has ever spoken to you to rescue a child, we have children waiting to be rescued right now. You can see Stephanie or myself at our resource table. She could give you information about it. We have a beautiful, very structured um, sponsorship program set up where we connect you with a child, their name, their face. You could pen pal with them. And we have this whole structure set up where you can help rescue and support one of these children if that has ever been in your heart to do. Uh, for our india children it's around 600 a year to take care of a child which is kind of crazy you think you could actually care for an individual for 600 for a whole year that's how it works in india in mexico it's more like 3,000 a year for one of these children but it's kind of like this this divine tension for us as we step out and say yes more children are coming in. Yes, Lord, we believe you for the provision for these children, and we walk this this line. But God is so faithful, and God is so good. Uh, and I just share that. I just share my heart with you today on that. And I'm going to pass this over to Pastor John, and we're going to come back in just a minute, and we're going to pray for you. Okay, Amen.
1: Thanks, man. Have you been blessed so far? It's been good. I want to really honor Matt and Stephanie this morning and what they're doing for the Lord. I was looking at those numbers when you said that. You said, what, 600 a year in India? It's 11 bucks a week. We spend a lot more than that on fast food, don't we? $56 a week for Mexico. I, I just really want to encourage you guys to reach out to them. And pray over it and see if you can help. But I want to read a scripture to you. I'm going to welcome the ushers to come on up. We're going to bless these guys this morning. I was was reading a passage when Matt was preaching out of Romans. Uh, By the way, before you give, if you're giving with text, just make note. uh, You can give, and then next to however much you put in, you need to put the word guest. That way we know that money goes towards them. Um, I was reading Romans chapter 15, verse 24 is an interesting passage that says, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. He said, I hope to see you while passing through and have you assist me on my journey there. And after I've enjoyed your company for a while. It's interesting how uh, Paul and the early apostles had no issues really talking about money. It's just here he is, he's passing through and he makes the remark, he says that "I, I hope you can assist me. How many know it's a kingdom responsibility of ours to support and get behind men of God that are doing the work of God, men and women of God that are doing the work of God, amen? And it was just an understanding with with the apostles that as they were going through and doing their ministry, that people would support them. And I I think that there should never be a need for people that are going out and doing the work of the Lord. We always want to stand behind them and bless them. So this morning, I just want you to, as we give, I want you to get in that place in your heart. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. Just whatever the Lord puts in your heart. We want to bless the sorgers this morning and really honor them for what they're doing in the kingdom. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that what you're doing in the earth, what you're doing through this family. And, Lord, we just pray that as we give this morning, it can be just an extension of honor, Father, to the sorgers this morning. Father, that you would continue to pour out your spirit on them as you already are. We believe with him for... Father, to see all of these children rescued, and Lord, we just stand with them, and right now we get to stand with them financially and say, we're going to be a part of making this happen, Lord. We love them, we bless them, we honor them in Jesus' name, amen, amen. They're going to pass the baskets around, and you can put your offering in there. Like I said, if you want to give through a credit or debit card, you can text that number up on the screen with that amount and put the word guest right next to it, and everything that comes in will go directly to them. And then, um, yeah, I think that should be all you need. Thank you, Jesus. Father. He's so good, isn't he? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have Matt come back up, and we're going to just see where the Holy Spirit takes it. Thank you, Pastor. Do we have a keyboardist that could join me?
0: If not, that's... (laughs) Pastor, many hats, many hats, yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I love to teach. I could keep talking forever here this morning, but uh, I'm not going to. Let me say, after service, my wife Stephanie and Brayden, and eventually me will be out at our table in the foyer. We have a table back there. So if you wanted to get a flyer information, You can get it there. We also have a lot of teaching resources. I'll just take a minute to let you know of some of what's out there. Uh, We recently have been mentoring uh, people online, which is an amazing way to reach people around the world. And we've put some of these together. This one is called Mentoring in the Glory, and it's seven videos and seven audios. And this one is Mentoring in Healing and Miracles, and it's 10 videos and 10 audios. And it's Has teaching, question and answer, and then prayer time and impartation time where we pray for these gifts to be activated in you. The one on the glory is basically how to develop a lifestyle of living in the presence of God to the point where you're overflowing his presence. And then miracles is obviously praying for the sick and releasing the miraculous. Um, We have another teaching set called shift your atmosphere and transform your life. If you are hungry for the presence of God, hungry for the glory of God in your life, you can... Have the internal atmosphere of God be His presence. And then your external atmosphere, what you release from your life, be the presence and the power of the kingdom of heaven. So we have a whole teaching set on how to shift your atmosphere. Shift it from a place of discouragement to joy. Shift it from fear and worry to faith and the fullness of God. Things like that. And this is a brand new set. We just released this in the last two weeks. It's probably... From what I understand from people, one of the most important messages I've ever preached or taught and how it's setting people free and helping them in their process, and it's called Break the Power of Offense. Turn your pain into power and experience God's unstoppable blessing. The enemy loves to offend people. He loves it because he knows if he can get your heart offended he can short circuit the blessing of God in your life and how do we get over offense how do we guard our hearts and keep our hearts free so that these things don't stop us but we go up and over into the fullness and blessing of God that that God has for us so that's a four-part teaching set and we teach a bit more on this about the threshing floor. Some of what I taught today is on this series. and But we talk about things like stewarding your soul. How do you steward your soul? How do you keep your heart well? How do, you, how do you have a healthy heart, a healthy soul? You know, a lot of times we talk about physical health, but what about the health of your soul? How do you keep your soul in a place of abundance? How do you keep your soul healthy in God? And just different things like that. So I encourage you to stop by the table and... We will say hi, and I could even sign something for you if you want. And if I sign it, you know it will be doubly anointed. (laughs) Ah, You know, I think it's totally awesome that we can have fun in church. I think it's really good that we can have joy in church. Because if you can't have joy in God's presence, where can you have joy? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I remember years ago, I was a brand-new young minister Young minister, going through something, discouraged one day. Had a, you know, was with some other older ministers. And this older minister comes up to me. Oh, that. It's so good to see the new level of maturity and soberness in your life. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm depressed. This is not maturity. This is called depression. And, and <laughs> but you know, but his religious spirit perceived it as growth more depressed you are the more mature you are and I remember thinking to myself I got the same demon on me today that you've had the last 50 years (laughs) no one of the fruit of the spirit is joy this is why going back to what I preached today where the prophet Joel says be glad then you children of Zion Yes, there may be a threshing floor, but be glad then rejoice because I'm going to turn that threshing floor into such an abundant harvest in your life. I'm going to so move that the devil is going to regret the day he ever tried to mess with you. I guarantee you today the enemy regrets ever trying to mess with my mom, ever trying to mess with my family. Because the very thing he designed to destroy us became the very thing God used to anoint us and in turn, help a whole lot of other people. And I'm telling you, the very thing that you thought was gonna take you down, God's like, uh uh uh, it ain't over yet. God is gonna anoint that thing and He's gonna cause you to be used by Him to help a whole lot of other people. So be glad then. I say the same thing to you today be glad then. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise, hallelujah praise hallelujah that's, that's when you want to praise and say hallelujah at the same time praise hallelujah oh I tell you he's a God of more than enough he's a God of the overflow and God wants to anoint your head with oil like the psalmist said and your cup runs over he is a God of the suddenly for you right now for you today and I know it doesn't take God long to move you call on the name of Jesus he is right there So right here in this place this morning, we're going to call on the name of Jesus. And he's going to be right there for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you are alive and well in this place, in this house, and for each one of your people today. Jesus, we acknowledge you right now. Just turn your heart to Him right now. Turn your heart to Him. Maybe you're here today and you've never fully 100% given everything in your heart over to Him. I don't know. Maybe someone invited you today. I I don't know. But all I know is that God is here and He wants you to know Him. And He wants you to experience His goodness and His love and His hope and His faith. I'm going to first invite us to pray a prayer today. And maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Even if you've prayed it before, I'm going to invite you to pray it again. In fact, I'm going to have us all stand. Let's all stand together right now. This is probably the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. Confessing your faith in who Jesus is. And I want to invite you, let's corporately pray this together right now. Just say, God, I come to you. I thank you for who Jesus is. I thank you that he died on the cross for my sin. And today, I ask you, Jesus, forgive my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And fill me to overflowing with your grace, with your power, with your presence, in Jesus' name. Now just thank Him. Just thank Him. Thank Him because He just heard your prayer, and He responds to your prayer and says, you are forgiven. You are cleansed. You are washed clean by the blood of the sacrifice on the cross. Your sins are removed from you as far as the east is from the west. In Jesus' name, Father, I just thank you right now for each one here today that the blood of Jesus covers them, spirit, soul, body, and mind. If you're here today you just prayed that prayer for the first time, just lift up your hand. Just just shoot up your hand if you prayed it for the first time. Just take a moment right now. Just say, I just prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer today, rededicating your heart fully back to God, you lift up your hand. Come on, just throw your hand up. No one's looking around at you. Just say, God, I'm giving you everything today. I see that hand. I see that hand. Father, we give you everything today. Okay, now let me ask you this question. How many want to overflow? Come on now. How many, you don't want to just live for you. You want to overflow God for other people, right? So just lift up your hand right now. And Father, I thank you. Father, that Lord, your people, they've been designed to be vessels that will overflow. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, all around this room. Now, here comes the Holy Spirit. Lord, all around this room, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence would begin to fill people. Father, I pray right now, new wine, fresh oil, that you would anoint their heads with oil, Father. And their cup would overflow in Jesus' name. Father, I ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit to fill your people today. Father, let there come an abundance of the overflow of the life, the life, the abundant life of God in us and through us today. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this house. You are welcome in each one here today. And Father, I just ask, begin to fill them. Now even as we pray, some of you are going to start to feel the weight of God's presence come upon you. You're going to just start to have an awareness of His presence. So I just say, Holy Spirit, fill your people today. Fill them with your love. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your glory today. Bring freedom where there needs to be freedom. Bring healing where there needs to be healing. Bring breakthrough where there needs to be breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, just worship Him right now. Just love Him right now. You'd be amazed at what happens, even as you just love Him. Just worship Him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we magnify you. Oh, we thank you today, God. But you draw near to us. Let your glory flow like a river. Let your rain come down and wash us. Restore our souls. Lead us beside still waters. Oh, your glory comes down. fill us with you every hindrance falls away in the name of Jesus every mountain is moved every hindrance gives way as the glory of God overshadows you today oh Jesus we worship you you're moving mountains you're moving
0: obstacles you're bringing freedom I'll tell you, there's freedom coming to people here this morning. There's freedom coming to you right now. Whoa, there it is, there it is. There's freedom coming to you right now. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. Holy Spirit is moving around the room right now. Holy Spirit, He's here right now. And wherever He is, He brings freedom. He brings freedom right now. Shande.
2: Shoroboshe Let your freedom reign Let your freedom reign Let your glory come down like the rain Oh, we say, Lord, let the former, let the latter
0: Let the rain come down upon us today Washing away, washing away the old, washing away the warfare, washing away sickness, washing away
2: in the name of Jesus, oh, in the name of Jesus. Father, let your hand come upon people today. Lord, let your hand come upon people all around this room.
0: and we can receive the power of God you can receive the grace of God the well-timed help of God just when you need it just when you need it if you feel like you have been in a threshing floor and you feel like you need that breakthrough power of God to touch your life today or maybe you feel like you've been in a desert and you need rivers in the desert you need a stream of living water to meet you where you are this altar is open right now And I want to invite you to come down and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister His life to you right now. His breakthrough for you right now.
2: In the name of Jesus.
0: He's here right where you are. Whoa, He's here right where you are. There's an anointing coming all around the altar right now. There's an anointing of the Holy Spirit coming all around the altar. God is going to put his hand on you. He's going to break you through today. In the name of Jesus, I decree breakthrough over your life today. I decree breakthrough over your life today. In the name of Jesus. I don't know if we have a ministry team here, but if you're a part of the ministry team and you're not uh, you're not on your knees at the altar. I want to invite those on the ministry team just to come and begin to help me just to agree in prayer. Just begin to pray with the ones that are just here before God right now. If you if you feel you need to be at the altar right now, this is you know, this isn't even necessarily a call for people that have massive struggle. This is just a call for those who say, "God, I need your fresh oil. I need Lord, I want the living waters. I want the rain of heaven on my life." Lord, I want you to turn what I'm going through for something good in my life and just allow the presence of God to minister breakthrough into your heart today, breakthrough into your soul today. You'd be amazed at what one minute in God's presence can do. Yeah, yeah, we declare today,
2: you are the God of the Breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough.
0: I speak blessing over every person in the sanctuary today. Father, I thank you your hand rests upon them and their household. And I decree this year, Father, let entire household breakthrough happen this year, God. Father, we prophesy, we decree it over them, God. Household breakthrough in marriages, in relationships, with children. Father, let the anointing of God touch entire homes, entire families, In the name of Jesus, I tell you right now, there's a shift happening. There's a shift happening in families right now. There's a breakthrough happening on the home front right now. Some of you need a breakthrough on the home front. And Father, I come into agreement right now for breakthrough on the home front. In Jesus' name.
2: Your glory oh. come like the rain,
0: Jesus. Jesus, Father, right now, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your power. Thank you for your power people today. Shoraba, shabba, dobo, kobo, shabba, dobo, kobo, shabba, thank you
2: presence it's his presence it's his presence it's his presence